BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to a surprise live edition of the Baseball Insiders on a Tuesday, not the day when it typically is on, but the day that it is on right now. Uh, I'm Adam Weinerib, and I am joined by a special guest co-host, Ian McMillan. Ian, I really appreciate you coming by, and you may recognize Ian, viewers who don't know him, from hanging out on Friday's show previewing the Yankees and Jays series. Uh, that series went uh, pretty uh, pretty well for you. Yes, that is why I'm wearing my Blue Jays hat here. Uh, I live in New York. I went to two games. I went to the two games that the Blue Jays won uh, Friday and Sunday. So the guys just needed me in the stands there cheering them on. Um, yeah, I'll try not to gloat to it. After the first win on Friday night, I was uh, admittedly, I had a couple wobbly pops the, at the game that night. And uh, I was singing New York, New York on the way out. And uh, I probably am a little lucky that I didn't um, have a beer thrown at me or anything. But uh, I survived both games at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Blue Jays big series win. Uh, and we move on. Yeah, I think closest I've ever gotten to getting my ass actually kicked was beating the Red Sox. I think it was sort of a casual like 4-1 win. But obviously a million Red Sox fans come to Yankee Stadium. So even if you're on home turf, you can't really avoid the Red Sox fans. And I left that game singing. You hate to see that to the tune of New York, New York pretty loud. Um, <laughs> and I kind of feel like, like looking back on watching the video, I'm like, I don't know how I didn't get stomped on, but the Yankees uh, didn't do much in that series. They win one game on a walk-off. They squeeze out two runs in the eighth inning against a reliever on an Anthony Volpe home run. And, steal one but the blue jays sort of dominated from first pitch there and your maple leafs are also now up 3-1 in their series um i know what it is like to have a 3-1 lead in a playoff series i absolutely refuse to talk about the new york knicks so if you do not want to talk about the maple leafs i would also understand that but i will give you the floor to do as much toronto gloating as you want before we move on to handicapping a couple of tough unexpected mlb division races yeah, the baseball was was fun. I mean, the, the Blue Jays were 0-4 in games I had attended before this weekend, so it was just nice to watch the Blue Jays win in person. In terms of the Maple Leafs, yeah, I didn't even really know how to react last night when they came back down 4-1 in the third period. That's usually us blowing those big leads. Uh, yeah. None of my, all my The teams I cheer for, as you might be able to tell by my background, the Blue Jays, Maple Leafs, and Falcons, specifically the Maple Leafs and Falcons, known for blowing leads 
not known for being on the right side of it. So, uh, but the series isn't over. We blew a three-one series lead to the Montreal Canadiens, a much worse team uh, two years ago. So, I'm not going to be gloating about the Maple Leafs right now. Let's let let's 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 wrap up the series here. Let's get the job done, and then uh, I'll gloat for a minute, and then I'll realize I have to take on the Boston Bruins in the next round, where then they'll probably destroy us. But uh, it's it's. This weekend was a great sports weekend for me, which is rare for me to say. Usually I have nothing but heartbreak this time of year. I think that's what's most important, though, because you're not going to gloat about the Maple Leafs because it's not done and nothing's done and we're far away. But you had a great time. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what the future holds for the Knicks, but I know that I had a great time. I they want you have to enjoy the ride game. Yes. You have to enjoy the ride. That's what it's about. Only one team can win a championship. So if you're if your happiness, you know, relies on winning the actual championship, you're there's a chance you might never be happy your entire life. Sometimes you just got to enjoy the ride of a good team, a dark horse team making a little bit of a playoff run. So uh, that's definitely I am a Knicks fan, a brand new Knicks fan, a Knicks fan as of two months ago, three months ago. So uh, I'm enjoying the ride with, with the Knicks as well. I figured I had to root for one New York team, so didn't have an NBA team. I've adopted the Knicks, so I'm all in. They're a fun one. They got they got a lot of good players and they have what should be an ascendant bright future. There's really no reason they'd be worse moving forward. Of course, they've found reasons in the past to be worse moving forward. But um, yeah, all the people, the worst thing about the Twitter era and, and what's going on now is when people ca- like capture video of Knicks fans celebrating a game four win outside the garden and Twitter is just bookmarking the videos waiting for them to eventually not win the NBA title, which... Most Knicks fans at this point do not think they're going to win the NBA championship. But still, when they don't, you'll see those videos resurface and a bunch of 16-year-olds will laugh about how people had a good time three weeks prior in a different city. And uh, it'll be just a nice, uh, yeah, everybody's shaking hands and saying, isn't it so funny? Uh, Those people were smiling. Uh, It's the worst. Right. I mean, it'd be different if like the Knicks had won a ton of championships the past decade or so. And then it's like, OK, why are you celebrating, you know, a game four, game five victory? But uh, for a fan base that struggled as much as uh, the Knicks, you got to just enjoy the ride. I do want to say a quick thing about uh, about Yankees fans, because I've been on record, especially this year, trashing Yankees fans. Yes. Um, this to, last year when I went to a Yankees game, I sat out in amongst the bleacher creatures and I had a very different experience not sitting out there. Uh, so I, 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 the Yankees fans have earned some of my respect. I sat next to some very lovely Yankees fans, both games I was at. So Yankees fans, not as bad in my book as they were previous. Uh, I think I'm just going to stay away from the bleachers in the outfield moving forward. Uh, when I go to Yankee stadium, I think that's correct. Um, and I, I think, I think there are pleasant Yankee fans. I think there are, uh, evil Yankee fans. I think there are entitled Yankee fans. And I think there are like, so weird high, I would put myself in a weird hybrid where like, I don't think I'm entitled. And then it comes out from time to time where I'm like, man, this team's not as bad as I'm saying they are. Or like, what, what did I, what did I tweet last week? Like, did I really tweet that? They Like, I mean, at this point they can't hit, but am I really going to say they can't hit? I know the Yankees usually bounce back. Um, so I think there's a little devil living inside all of us, but I think most of us are probably better than the mainstream, uh, than the masses sort of tend to believe. And uh, I, I feel like we are about to talk about a bunch of downtrodden fan bases because uh, mostly because there are a bunch of downtrodden teams leading divisions right now, and uh, or at least making significant noise, finding their way into the wild card picture. You're not going to hear me declare any races over on April 25th. You're certainly not going to hear Ian declare any races over on April 25th. I don't think so. 
Um, maybe, who knows? Uh, but I, I do want to start with the American League East just because uh, the Blue Jays are rounding into form. They are now 14 and nine. They're right in the thick of it. The Tampa Bay Rays cannot be beaten. They're 20 and three. They beat the living shit out of the Houston Astros yesterday, which was definitely a measuring stick of people being like, oh, here come the Astros. And then no, the the, the Rays don't care about your busy schedule. They uh, they beat the living garbage out of the Houston Astros. They're, they're clearly the better team right about now. Um, the Orioles are in that second place spot. They beat the Red Sox last night. The Yankees are in fourth. The Red Sox are in last, but the Red Sox are a 500 team. There is not a single bad team in this division, which also includes the best team in baseball by a wide margin. Uh, so I wonder which way you're leaning here. Um, I mean, no one can hand it to the Rays at this point, but at the same time, you cannot discount the fact that they're four and five and seven and eight games up on the competition this early. It, it matters. That's important. Yeah, for sure. I do want to quickly, really uh, quickly just point out the Ethan in the chat. A lot of uh, this made me laugh. A lot of Yankees fans going through today, realizing they can't trade their 17th and 42nd best prospects and Clinton Frazier for Brian Reynolds. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um, Brian, yeah Reynolds, the... Brian Reynolds. Yeah. Brian, Brian Reynolds extended. And, and we'll talk about that more on Thursday show, of course, but Clint Frazier yesterday, ironically released, by the Texas Rangers. So technically the Yankees could pick him up and, and dangle him for Reynolds. If uh, the pirates are feeling frisky. Uh, about the Rays, I'm not as high on the Rays as some people are. Um, I see someone in the chat saying the AL East is over. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, and the number one argument against the Tampa Bay Rays has been their schedule so far this season. Um, and this isn't anything groundbreaking, but they've played by far the easiest schedule in major league baseball so far this season. Um, now, obviously, still going through an easy schedule and coming out on the other side of it. What are they? Twenty and three. Still impressive, nonetheless. They're a very good team. They're going to be a playoff team. But uh, if you look at the betting odds, and uh, if anyone's watched me on the show before, you know I'm a betting guy. That's what my background is. Uh, the Rays already minus one ten to win the AL East, which means there's a fifty percent chance, implied probability, that they win the AL East. I think that's insane. Twenty three games into the season, they have a six game lead on it. Sure, uh, but we're not even. We're like just barely scraping into the MLB season and they're already saying a 50% chance they win the division with the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and even the Orioles. Like that's kind of insane. So we're going to see some regression from them once they start playing some better teams. I know, I know they just destroy the Astros, but still um, they, they've had the easy schedule in baseball. I don't think they can keep this up. Um, if you want to bet on a division winner, I would go either Yankees or Blue Jays right now. They're both at around three to one uh, because Minus 110 odds, 23 games into the season is insane, in my opinion. Yeah, and the question sort of remains, right now the Blue Jays have Gossman and theoretically Alec Manoa at the top of the rotation, and we, we saw the best of Alec Manoa over the weekend, and who yeah. knows what we get moving forward. But the question is sort of, you got those guys, those are cornerstones. If the Yankees compare Carlos Rodon and Luis Severino with Garrett Cole, then they potentially have some cornerstones too. And we could see some action start to shift in the, in the AL East, but never forget. And I know Rays fans know this. Um, obviously, like you said, the Rays are a playoff team. I don't think anybody's disputing right. right now. They have the talent uh, to clearly get over the finish. I mean, they're, they're the best of the best at the moment in time, but the Yankees held a 15 and a half game lead on the AL East. I believe uh, last June 20th, maybe 23rd. It's pretty close to the end of June. And by September, they were hanging on for dear life. That got down to four, I um, mean, you know, the Jays were chased. The Jays and Rays were basically jockeying three and four and five games back to the Yankees by the time the stretch run hit last year. So even that was an astronomical lead. And the Yankees played 
I mean, not well. They were pretty bad in July and August, but they were four or five games under 500. They didn't go 0 and 28 to let the rest right. of the ALEs back into the division. They just played meh to bad baseball, and all of a sudden things were much closer. Yeah, exactly. With so much left of this baseball season, I mean, the Rays don't need to completely implode for them to give up a six game series lead over another 140 baseball games like they could still play good baseball the rest of the way out and still uh, lose out on the division. So, uh, yeah, it's insane. Um, The Rays are I don't know how they keep doing it, but they're they're good everywhere. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a contender. Um, I would certainly not be betting on them to win the division 23 games in the season, though. For somebody like me sitting on some Taj Bradley rookie cards, though, I uh, heartily endorse Taj taking over that rotation. Um, what about the uh, sticking to the NL Central? Because we've got a lot of Pirates chatter, and for good reason. Um, and I don't want to leave them in the lurch. Obviously, uh, <laughs> Robert Murray, uh, who, who will be back on Thursday, broke the Brian Reynolds extension. So we've every time Robert and I are on this show together, we talk about how the Pirates have the best vibes in baseball, except for the fact that they just are dragging their feet on this Reynolds extension and they get the job done today. They give him his opt out. It's the first hundred million dollar deal in the history of the franchise, which is crazy. Uh, But the pirates and Dodgers start play today. Very fun series in Pittsburgh. They have distanced themselves from the Cardinals, the preseason favorite. So have the Brewers, even the Cubs have a little room between them and the cards who are lingering in fourth ahead of a couple of teams who have no interest in being the Cincinnati Reds don't even want to be where they are. They're, they're basically like, why are the Cardinals butting in on our territory? We're trying to be at the bottom of this division. And the preseason favorite Cardinals are, are nowhere to be found. Uh, the Pirates are subsisting on vibes, but obviously more than that, the Brewers have insane pitching. Uh, has any of this been enough to shake your faith in the Cardinals? Or do you still feel they have some noise to make in the NL Center? They got to figure out their rotation. Uh, I mean, I I like I I had the Brewers to win the division before the season started. So the Brewers are playing. Uh, maybe, maybe I didn't expect them to play this well out of the gate, but I, I'm not shocked by the way that the Brewers are playing. I did think they're the better team than the Cardinals heading into the season. Um, the Cardinals will be fine if they can fix this rotation, but I don't. Can they? Like Miles Michaelis has been obviously terrible. What does he have? A seven four six ERA. Uh, their offense has been all right. Not not really many, too many red flags offensively. I think it, it it it's just their kind of rotation. So I think when it's kind of a one issue problem, it's a little bit easier to fix. If I was looking at their numbers and they were terrible on offense, terrible bullpen, uh, and a terrible rotation, then I'd be there'd be a lot more red flags. But if it's just be, just the rotation, you can fix one area of your game. And so I think the Cardinals are going to be all right. I'm not completely selling on them. Uh, but I think the Brewers have kind of established themselves uh, to be the team to beat in the NL Central. Obviously, the fun story with the Pirates. There's nothing. There's nothing I love more than a shitty team uh, putting together a good season uh, out of nowhere. So I'm rooting for the Pirates, but uh, I don't think it's going to last. I just mentioned a little bit earlier how the Rays have had the easiest schedule in Major League Baseball so far this season. The team with the second easiest schedule so far this season has been. The Pittsburgh Pirates. So I don't think that's going to last for the uh, Pirates. I do love Brian Reynolds. He is on my dynasty baseball fantasy league team. Uh, so big Brian Reynolds guy, but the Pirates are probably going to fall off. I think if between them and the Cubs, which one I think is, I think more sustainable, probably the Cubs. Um, but at the end of the day, this is the Brewers division. It looks like the Cardinals are going to get better. I don't think they're going to completely catch uh, the Brewers though. The rotation just does not give me a lot of confidence. What's nice about the Pirates, too, is that whether it's sustainable or not, 
they had an ownership group that was definitely trying to pull an Oakland A's on them and restrict the finances and get the right. pirates like turn away the fans and try to, you know, I don't know, sell poison the city as well and, and try to make, you know, the Pittsburgh fan base stop enjoying the pirates so much so that they could do financial misdeeds. Uh, you know, they go and sign Carlos Santana. They're filling out the roster with veterans the same way Oakland maybe signs Jesus Aguilar, but then Oakland is doing whatever it takes to be dreadful so that they can facilitate a move to Vegas. Rob Manfred is sort of winking and nodding at it saying, you know, they tried their hardest because Rob Manfred also wants to see them in Vegas, but kudos to the pirates for finding some sort of rhythm here and not allowing ownership's malfeasance to take the city down with them. They are playing well enough to keep that city paying attention. And so I, I will say that that has been a very prideful season for them. Uh, start to the year, no matter what the schedule is like. And Andrew McCutcheon, you know, was not brought back as just a figurehead to sort of, you know, sell tickets and sell jerseys in a down year. He's hitting like crazy. And, uh, you know, I, I got to pull up the Kutch numbers because I just I don't want to undersell the, the man. But, you know, it, it felt like his career was maybe kind of sort of over and he was just going to be, you know, a de facto player manager. But we've got four dingers, a 275 average, 381 OBP and 888 OPS. In a nearly 70 at bats, that's a resurgence season. Not quite enough, uh, maybe to tip him into that Hall of Fame conversation that I've been hoping and praying and, and dreaming that he would get himself back into. But the career's not done. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah, the Pirates have been fun to watch. Ethan said in the in the chat here, nine of the Pirates' next 12 games are against the Dodgers, Rays, and Blue Jays. So we're gonna know in 12 games time if this Pirates team is actually frisky and gonna be fun to watch and gonna be. Uh, story throughout the season or this could come crashing down very quickly and they're back to being the same old pirates by the end of the next two weeks so at the end of this 12 game stretch we're going to get a much better idea what this pirates team is all about yes but like we said enjoy it while it lasts because you yes enjoy know. the run yes absolutely yeah. um and and finally i want to take you through the nls because uh, last time we spoke you were pretty hard on these San Diego Padres. Um, and in terms of, especially because off-season winner, how often does the off-season winner actually win the season? Not terribly often. The Dodgers have a model of sustainability. The Padres have a model of throwing 300 million and 350 million and 400 million to people and hoping somebody eventually says yes. Aaron Judge and Trey Turner said no. Xander Bogart said yes. Uh, the man with the sketchiest aging metrics who somehow is still crushing the baseball. But nobody else on the Padres is really hitting. The Dodgers have gone with the youth movement. They're slightly above 500, but everybody knows you can tread water up to this point and then pick up the pace. The Arizona Diamondbacks are young and interesting and hungry, but it still sort of feels like a middling three teams with middling, middling records, two of whom have much higher aspirations. Uh, and I feel like your uh, faith in the Dodgers and skepticism of the Padres has already been rewarded no matter how this thing finishes. Yeah, the my issues I had with with the Padres were sure that the top of their lineup's good, but they they have depth issues. They don't have anyone after the you know the top four guys uh, in that lineup. And then my other issue with them was their bullpen. Uh, a lot of depth issues in the bullpen as well. And here they are with a four forty five uh, bullpen ERA. Now Juan Soto is not going to continue to hit. What's he hitting right now? One ninety eight. He's not going to keep hitting one ninety eight. He's going to get a little bit better there. And I think the Padres will still be a playoff team but i'm not handing them the nl west by any stretch of the major imagination let alone the world series um yeah my my issues with the padres have proven right so far 
but also then again, before I glow too much, we're what three weeks into the season. Like uh, I, this, my preseason taken with the Padres still has a lot of time to look bad by the end of it. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're the big names are great, but baseball, and we know this with the LA angels who have the two best players in the sport of baseball on planet earth right now. And they still stink. You can't win with one, two, three, or four guys. You need a full team of guys. Um, and the Padres don't have that, in my opinion. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every single goddamn year with the Angels, who who got outflanked yesterday by Oakland. Uh, who Oakland went up 7-2 on them, and uh, eventually the Angels rally back, tie the game, lose an extra as Oakland. Brent Rooker had two home runs in that game. Um, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the travesty of the A's on this show. Um, I just think they deserve to be embarrassed on on every podcast we do. Probably bring them back up on Thursday, too. I don't foresee getting through another podcast without lambasting the A's, who who facilitated this move to Las Vegas by being uh, potentially the worst team in the history of baseball. They reached the minus 100 run differential mark this past week quicker than any other team. They have the worst run differential in 21 games ever. Uh, The 1988 Orioles were the previous mark. They were at minus 85. And oh, by the way, they started the season 0-21. So the A's had a worse run differential than a team that started the year with zero wins in 21 games. The A's were worse through 21 games by run differential than that team. That got Cal Cal Ripken Sr. fired. He was the manager for the first six of those games. Uh, The odds are very much in Oakland's favor right now that they will become the worst team in Major League Baseball history. They don't seem to be interested in changing that trajectory. Uh, and they also don't seem to be interested in being associated with Oakland for very much longer. Uh, I'm wondering your take on this. Do you feel as if uh, this ends up as the worst team in the history of our great game? So when you say worst team, do you like literally mean the fewest wins? I think a record... Yeah, no, I think a record for fewest wins or maybe worst run differential. I think they hold some sort of grand futility mark by the end. of What this. is the worst record in MLB history? Uh, I believe it's the oh, man, I'm I, now I'm struggling to remember if the mid, early 2000s Tigers surpassed the 62 Mets um, or just came extremely close and made us all think about it. I don't count the 1899 Cleveland Spiders who finished uh, 20 and 134. That's not a real team. We'll let the spiders uh, off the hook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No one will ever match that. <laughs> uh, but that's the uh, that's the spiders way. The 62 Mets were 40 and 120. That's sort of the modern futility mark. The Tigers went 43 and 119. I think the A's are right in that, right in that basket, right in that wheelhouse, rubbing elbows with Casey Stengel and the 62 Mets. I'll say some positives about Oakland, or at least some things so yeah maybe positives number one i keep bringing up strength of schedule because i think at around this point of the season it's important to look at strength of schedule because i mean if you're looking at strength of schedule you know in late september or or, uh, early september or like late august i mean most teams have played a you know large variety of different opponents this point in the season there is a pretty large gap between some teams strength of schedule so far 
the Athletics have had the third hardest strength of schedule so far this season. That's a positive. They haven't exactly had easy opponents they've had to play. Another positive. They aren't dead last in OPS. They're 25th in OPS. So their offense isn't the worst. If you measure offense by OPS, you look at batting average, it's probably around the same. 24th in batting average. So they're not dead last. They're not even second or third last offensively. So those are as positive uh, uh, positive of things that I can say about the Oakland Athletics. A negative is that they have uh, a 703 ballpen ERA. <laughs> mm-hmm. So even if their starter does all right, like their bullpen just completely implodes, as get, their bullpen's already given up 76 earned runs, a 1.7 whip, 16 home runs. Not good. There was uh, yes. there was an incredible an incredible piece uh, that ran last week though that I thought was just very indicative of what A's owner John Fisher perceives himself to be and perceives this business to be. Uh, he is the son of the uh, the founders of Gap, uh, so congrats to him because I know that's that's a favorable position to be in. But he, as the son of the founders of Gap, he has a lot of clothing companies in his uh you know in his in his lineage and he owns a, you know a bunch of uh you know conglomerates in addition to the Oakland A's and there is a loose possum in the Oakland A's visitors broadcast booth um when the Mets broadcasters visited the stadium a couple of weeks ago uh people in charge of the stadium said don't go in there it reeks uh possum the, the possum went crazy it just it chat in there don't go in there so they had to go to an auxiliary booth uh, and the consensus is sort of just we all look the other way and we let the possum live here and uh, we have to deal with the fact that a possum lives here. So somebody called John Fisher's other businesses, like called Gap Leadership and called other businesses and said, if there was a loose possum in your store, how would you react to that? And all of the other people in charge of these stores said we would very quickly get rid of the possum. It would by the next day, there would not be a possum in here anymore. Uh, and right. I think that's very, very indicative of how he is treating and, and his stewardship of this team right now. Uh, it's the only business where he would just say, I think we're good with the loose possum. I think we just let it go. I feel bad for Oakland fans. They lost the Raiders. They're losing the A's. There's a possum is taking over this team. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a bad time to be an Oakland sports fan. Holy moly. Yeah, the Warriors are on the comeback path, but they're downtown in San Francisco now. Everybody who promised they would never leave have left, except for the possum who promised nothing and gives you everything. Yes, that is true. Yeah, is 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 that what's going on? Or like, are they just handing the like? Are they not trying to get rid of the possum? I feel like <laughs> I really, that, that I don't hard know. to get rid of a possum. I feel like there's no. people whose whole career is getting rid of rodents, like a possum. It can't be that hard. Yeah. No, and it's a wild animal. It doesn't, it wants to be safe. It wants to live, but it doesn't necessarily demand to live in the broadcast booth at the Oakland Coliseum. If you found an alternate living facility for the possum, I'm sure the possum would smile and nod. I don't think it would say, please bring me back to the visitor's broadcast booth at the Coliseum. Yes. Yeah, I think it, yeah, waiting for the Orkin sponsorship, obviously, a burden. Yeah, and I think the A's are doing a, I think the Vegas A's are doing an Orkin uh, sleeve patch, which I think is why they rejiggered their uniforms a little bit. Also, can't help but mention that the City Connects keep coming out. People are releasing the upcoming City Connects. The A's are one of very few teams that don't currently have a scheduled City Connect. 
imagine the awkwardness if they have to wear some sort of Oakland City specific, like we are the Bay uniform or whatever, at any point in the next two years. I feel like they just gave Nike a call and they were like, don't develop that. We that's actually embarrassing for us. We won't wear that. Just get ahead of things and just start wearing a Vegas one. Yeah. Yeah. Next year, just on the field in Oakland, like rolling dice. Yeah, the fans yeah. will love that. Are you excited? Are you excited for baseball's expansion into Vegas? Is there a saturation point with these Vegas teams? Um, or is it just sort of let's just put one in every professional sport and they'll have a thriving sports city? No, I love it. Um, especially with hockey, um, with the Golden Knights, like they, they make the the games like kind of fun. Like it's more than just watching a NHL game. Like there's like the entertainment is kind of cranked up a little bit. So yeah, I think it's fun, especially now. Obviously, I'm biased coming from you know my careers in you know betting. Um, but I I think and like it or not, and I know a lot of people in the world of baseball don't like it. Uh, but sports and sports betting are now connected. Um, very closely, and that's not going away. Um, sports betting makes too much money. So now that they're so interconnected, I think you have to have one team from all the major leagues uh, playing in Vegas. Makes too much sense. So yeah, I like it. Vegas, I mean, especially in the summer, there's there's not many reasons to go to Vegas during the summer. Um, there's not a lot of things going on. Uh, now I can catch a baseball game. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, even as someone who you know does not come with the same knowledge base. And we, we've seen Vegas was the center of the sports world when UNLV was the most important collegiate basketball program in the world. Like Vegas has been the center of the sports world long before uh, they attempted to bring these professional teams in there. So the, the, it can sustain uh, and we'll see what the A's look like. And then shocker, I'm sure as soon as they move, they will bring some sort of competent product to the field. Um, what do you what do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do with their name? Or do they stay the A's? Do they do they switch it up? I think it's a storied enough franchise that they probably have to go with the A's because the, the Las Vegas Aces are WNBA, right? right. That so would have been the obvious switch, but they they can't do that because of WNBA. And also, it's just keeping it the A's does kind of make sense because Aces are an A, so it does kind of make sense to keep it as the A's. Yeah, you'll see I you'll see A's high. Like there's a lot of marketing stuff you can do that's fun. Um I I think they'll just I think they'll bake in the ace, you know. There they'll right. be a base ace coding, but they'll stay the A's. Yes. Um yeah, sports at the end of the day are entertainment. Some people kind of lose sight of that sometimes. But the main, you know, the purpose of sports is to entertain people and Las Vegas is the hub of entertainment um so it makes makes too much sense to have a baseball team there i love it yeah i think i love it too i'm excited to see what it's like um before we sign off i'm just gonna give a give a little love i have to to eduardo rodriguez and drew smiley who both nearly threw perfect games over the last several days uh takes it takes an eduardo rodriguez perfect game to make me tune into tigers and orioles and someone who left the game briefly last year for personal reasons and somehow nearly pulled off the amazing over the weekend. Deserves plaudits, deserves kudos, even though the Orioles eventually won that game. Drew Smiley lost his perfect game bid on a dribbler up the left side where both he and the catcher, Jan Gomes, converged. And they both kind of stopped short, but not soon enough. And Jan Gomes rolled over Smiley's back and almost injured him, which was gutting, but also... I could not help but appreciate the outing in general. It was going to be a hit if the men had not crashed into each other. And by the way, that's eight straight starts at Wrigley Field 
for Smiley with one earned run or fewer allowed. Ooh. Now, this did remind me that dates back to the very beginning of last year, basically too, like midsummer. He's uh, he's been nuts. Um, somehow we had three perfect games in 2012, three, and we have not had a single one since then, which makes more sense because it's really hard. So it's actually not that weird that we've gone from 2012 to 2023 without one. When we somehow finished off three, uh, Philip Umber and Matt Kane and Felix Hernandez in 2012. Uh, but that also means we probably don't have to wait much longer. Um, who do you think throws the next perfect game in was Major there, League Baseball? Was there any reason why it happened? Why three happened in 2012? Was there something going mm-hmm. on that season? It just happened to happen mm-hmm. three times. Not public knowledge. I mean, maybe they were tinkering with the baseball because they always do. But at this point, nobody knows. And uh, they all were in the first half, too. I mean, Felix and Kane were in the summer, sort of right back to back. And Umber was at the end of April. Like, it's just boom, boom, boom. It it briefly devalued the perfect game for me until they <laughs> never came back. Crazy. Um, all right. My prediction for the next perfect game is 2024 next summer. Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves. Yep. He almost he also almost did it. Uh, you know, last last night there was a Spencer Strider late uh, perfect game no hit bid. I love the pick. I am going with twenty twenty five. Feels fun Ooh. to predict this far into the future. It's tough because you need stuff, command, and control. So like, I want to go with a completely insane left hander like Nick Lodolo. Or Chris Sale, whose stuff is just on. But these guys walk people even in their best days. They're both a walking no-hitter, not so much a perfect game. I think in 2025, uh, place your bets on Shane Bieber doing it for the Philadelphia Phillies. He will not be a guardian anymore. Okay. (laughs) You're not even saying the player in the year. You're also adding in that he's on a different team and you're naming that team. Yeah, I, I want to put it I want to put it out uh, for the general right. public. Now, that'll get clipped. But the good thing about that is it won't get clipped until uh, two years from now when it's proven to be right. not accurate. Um, Imagine so if it happens, have, though, that exact same pe- people will accuse you of being a time traveler. 100 percent. And that's my goal. Every time we step into the Baseball Insiders Cube is for people to accuse me <laughs> of being a time traveler. Um, but I can tell you what time you can always find us. That's Mondays and Thursdays, two o'clock oh, Eastern. Uh, well, no, sorry, three thirty Eastern. How could I blow? Imagine blowing that after that long lead up. Couldn't possibly be me. Um, but obviously, <laughs> today is Tuesday, and we started Tuesday at three thirty Eastern. So you know what? Maybe I am a time traveler because I'm lying to you and saying it's every Monday and Thursday. But this time around, it simply was not. But the one thing that won't change, no matter what time is, is you can find us on this channel, the Baseball Insiders YouTube channel, and hitting the subscribe button will alert you first. Sometimes when I see you find folks waiting for the show it makes me excited i check and i see one waiting and i go oh my gosh people are pumped for the show well i'm pumped to give you the show so is ian when he's here so is robert when he's here which is most of the time but we thank you for your subscriptions we thank you for your views we thank you for your comments and find us on audio platforms too the podcast version of this goes up after the live stream we thank you for interacting with the baseball insiders no matter what platform you do it on Ian McMillan, thanks so much, man, for being so helpful today, coming by, handicapping these races, and talking about the Oakland A's, I guess. 
I love it. Anytime. Take care and go Jays go. Let's go somebody. Somebody knock off the Rays and we'll see if it's uh, it's going to be one of us. Probably. Hopefully not the Red Sox. Don't do that. Uh, rather the Red Sox uh, come in last at rather the Rays win the division. Than the Red Sox do anything. I'm a sad little man and we'll see you on Thursday. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.